Hello, witches. This is Kara Kovacs, and this is Business Witch. As a third-generation witch, at least, and a business and life coach for mission-driven entrepreneurs and leaders, I teach you how to make money and magic as liberatory practices. Because when we know, seek, and embrace our full potential, we create a better world for everyone. Here you'll find tools, conversations, spells, and inspiration that take you from waiting to creating so you can build the business and life you're oh so worthy and capable of having. Let's go. Hello, witches. We have two very special guests here today. And when I was thinking about doing this episode, it felt really important to bring them on together. They are clients who have been working with me for under a year, but have also already created some really incredible results. And I think you'll learn a lot from their stories and their experiences. And also you can go give them a follow so you can tune into their work as well. It is my pleasure to welcome my clients, Lucy and Grace. Lucy is a serial entrepreneur and business coach. And Grace and I have a really fun origin story. We'll have to get into that as well, but is a career coach who, like me, lives here in LA. Ladies, tell the people about what you do in the world. Oh my gosh. Lucy, you want to rock it first? I'll rock it first. <laughs> Thank you so much, first of all, for having me. I've been very much looking forward to this. And yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've launched four businesses to date. I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years now. I've had a sustainability consulting company. I had a catering company for a while that was going really well until I realized, oh, I actually don't really want to be a caterer. And then I also had an eco-conscious dog treat brand called Earth Pop. We took food that was usually discarded and upcycled it into healthy natural dog treats sold across Canada, which is where I'm calling in from, in Toronto. And yeah, my academic background is in environmental studies. So I got into entrepreneurship because I wanted to create a positive shift in the world. I was super fed up with the amount of food I threw it every single day. And that propelled me into launching my first business when I realized I wanted to be an impact entrepreneur. And that's really where I found my love for that. And through that journey of building my own businesses, because two of them, uh, the sustainability consulting company, as well as the dog tree brand, were both first of their kind in Canada. So that also brought me into the world of business coaching and teaching other impact entrepreneurs how to build similar innovative business models in new markets, which is how I came to be here. I've coached over 300 entrepreneurs to date, and I've even lent my expertise on impact entrepreneurship to the Canadian federal government and United Nations on building out programs, initiatives, policies that support entrepreneurs that are making the world a better place. And I happen to also come from the witchy world as well, which is how you and I connected. Kara, that's very much rooted in my childhood and something that I cherish is the spiritual side of, of business, which we can get more into. But yeah, that's a bit about a bit about me. Thank you so much for having me. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Super pumped to be here. I'm Grace. I am a career coach and I help people design careers that they love. We spend so much of our lives at work. And one of the mantras that I have is that work should work for us. There's a lot of preconceived notions about what we should be doing, how to get ahead, what it means to be successful. And I love helping people ground their professional identities and who they actually are and what they actually care about. Often I find that there's this dichotomy between what you are passionate about and financial success. And I help people bring those 
closer together. And I do that through coaching and workshops and have been doing this work for a very, very, very long time undercover in leadership roles in the tech sector, non-for-profit and agency. But in this past year, turned it into the thing that I'm focusing on, my mission-driven business that I love so very dearly. Yay. I'm so grateful to have you both here, even in just how you introduced yourselves. Can you tell the people when you officially started your current business? Like how long have you been operating your current business? So I officially, officially started in April of this year. Yeah. So I'm I'm four months in. And Lucy? I officially, I, the way that I'm thinking about it is I launched my Instagram in March of this year, but I didn't actively start actually selling anything until June. And we are, it's right now, it is August 3rd when we are taping this. Yes. So I, I think that's important to name because when I'm coaching people, particularly in business, which, which is like a self-guided offering, it's not a one-on-one container. Both of you are one-on-one clients. You get more direct support. A lot of times I'm coaching them to cultivate the way in which you both introduced yourselves. So even though these are relatively new businesses, you came in with such clarity of purpose, a very clear mission, a very clear call to action for like why people would want to work with you and where they're going. And anybody who's listening to this can hear that so deeply rooted in what you're saying. And that's why I wanted you both to come on. Because when we look at you know, I've worked with people who they've been doing this for years. They've gotten inconsistent results. Sometimes they get results. Sometimes they don't get results or people who feel like it must just not be working because they can't seem to figure it out. Often what is missing is such a clear and direct invitation for your potential customer. And you both came in that that's why I took you as one-on-one clients. Like that's the kind of person I also love to work with. It's like, okay, you already know what you want. Now we're going to go in and we're going to build the infrastructure to optimize that. So I just want to thank you for providing such a great example of how to talk about your business in a way that will get you results. <laughs> and I love that. But I, I think one thing that I want to add off the bat is that and and I know this because I have worked for many companies where I speak the mission of somebody else or I've helped people kind of bring their vision to life. And there is an easefulness that I feel within my body uh, and the way that I can communicate the mission of my own business. And that's that's to me what alignment is all about. So it's like wonderful, but there is an ease to it that I think that's what you lock into rather than just kind of like, this is the mission, more broadly speaking, from somebody else's mouth. Yeah. And to add to that, and I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you, Carrie. Because it's, I mean, also what I'll add for everyone listening, I'm a pitch coach. My job is to get people ready for pitch competitions. I look over their pitch deck, I get their elevator pitch ready. It's part of what I teach. And it's funny because even after I finished giving my spiel, I already was dissecting, oh, I should have done this better. I should have done this better. I'm going to do this next time. So it's kind of funny, which I mean, I feel like that's always the case, always improving. But I mean, I feel like any with any introduction or elevator pitch, you want to ultimately be communicating what you do, why you do it and how, which mm-hmm. is the recipe for any elevator pitch that any business should be doing at any stage. Yeah. And 
that's inherently clear to both of you. I think it's also a little bit wrapped up in your backgrounds because even though the businesses are new, you come from a real wealth of experience from which to serve your people. But I think for my audience, not necessarily people on my one-on-one roster, but people who are curious about participating in this universe, and they don't come from that background. They come from a different kind of job where they never had to explain their authority, or they never had to sell anything to anyone. They just like love the art of coaching. They love personal development. They love transformation. They feel a strong passion to help people. And then they're wondering like, what's not hitting? And it's what you both did automatically without actually me needing to coach you on it. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that is really important for people to hear. And hopefully people who are listening are like, oh, that is missing from how I'm talking about what I do. It's not that it's not working. It's that I'm not speaking in a way that's going to incentivize somebody to want to buy. So that was a big intention. The other thing, when you both started working with me, I was like, I need to introduce you to each other because the way in which you take initiative is very similar. (laughs) And I think that that also engenders quicker results. So I'd love to invite you both to share a little bit about how you leveraged your existing expertise, professional networks. And also, I think there was like this attitude of like, I'm going to figure this out. Like, I'm going to do the thing, like a a deep, like heart-led commitment that has created a business that's like breathing and vibrant and that people feel called to, to learn more about. Yes. Should I call on somebody? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I feel loaded. I feel loaded and ready to go. We can just, okay. Take, take it away. (laughs) I I think it's directly related to the mission piece. So before I get into the how there's this, there's this quote that I love, like the day came when the feeling of being closed tight in a bud was more painful than, than blossoming. And I think that for me, this business is the blossoming, right? And it is absolutely in imperative. And I feel that when I wake up in the morning that this is the garden that I want to be tending to, that I need to be tending to. So before I get into any, we talk about any of the, the how or the methods or the frameworks, knowing what you are here to do and why, is is a really important piece that can't be overlooked and can't be faked. So I just want to make sure that that transition is is super clear. Because everything and I even teach this in in project management trainings has to come back to the why and being really clear on that. A few things come to mind more tactically and Lucy, I don't need to monologue the whole time. Feel free to feel free to jump in if anything resonates with you or you want to build off of it. But First of all, I've been doing this work for a long time and just not getting paid for it. I want to call that out. I would sneak into conference rooms at my company to help people through their career pivots. I wrote articles about it. I spoke on panels about it. And so it wasn't just a twinkle in my eye. It was actually a thing that I was already doing. And it made a ton of sense because I focus on people who are in career transitions. Guess what? The girl has pivoted her career five times, if not more. Like it's something that I've done. I see the importance of you have to own your own narrative. And then there's the the tactical piece of just I know how to work in 
many, many different industries with many different types of people. I think marrying that work experience with my personal story, with also my undergrad degrees in psychology, I'm also big therapy fan over here. So bringing in all of that personal experience as well as my formal education and then discovering that coaching is a legitimate thing. It was so exciting when I learned, when I learned about that and then got more education there through a fantastic program, ACT through Brown University. And that combination of, ex of passion first and foremost, plus experience, plus education really set me up for the moment where I could no longer deny that rosebud feeling where I was like, we got to go. This is, this is what needs to happen. Now we can get to this later, but it can sometimes be very scary to blossom. But that was the, the framework there that kind of got me going and said, all right, we're off to the races. And that's been my fire and my fuel ever since. I love that quote. I'm going to steal that. Yeah. It's, I mean, very similar to Grace. It's also, this is work I've, I've been doing for years. I've, you know, as I was building my own companies, I was simultaneously providing guidance to other entrepreneurs who are addressing the plastic waste problem in the Philippines, who are taking, oh my gosh, food waste in the United States and they're upcycling it into a new product. So I was already coaching other people on okay, you want to solve a significant social or environmental problem and make the world a better place. You want to do something no one's done before in this market. All right, let's go. So I had the opportunity to do that for a number of years, as well as doing like pitch coaching. I was on an admissions committee for an accelerator at a university here in Toronto for years. So which instilled in me the confidence and being able to do this work. And I, in full transparency, my nine to five bridge job that, that I've had between my own ventures, because I mean, this is a story for another time, what happened with each one of those companies, but my bridge job was also building accelerators and incubators to teach entrepreneurs, which is how I've coached over 300 to date. So I, when I started this venture, I already knew, okay, I've been the person on the other side. I've been the entrepreneur who's like, how the fuck do I do this and not lose my mind? And I've also been through a ton of programs myself. And I've also been the entrepreneur who's going, okay, I'm really sick of going to lectures at other programs and being lectured at the importance of social media. Tell me how the to do it. So I've, I, going into this, I already felt really confident in it. And I'll, to be perfectly transparent, when, when I first started my first company, Terrace, 10 years ago, I threw myself into it. And this is for first-time entrepreneurs where you're feeling that imposter syndrome. You're like, I've, I've never done this before. I don't know what I'm doing. And for me at the time, yeah, I'd never built a company, but at the same time, I'd also never done the job I was setting out to do. I'd never been a sustainability consultant. All I did was have an undergrad in environmental studies. That's it. And I threw myself into it, which is something I've always been pretty comfortable doing because in my mind, it's always figure outable. If I don't know the answers to something, I know I can find the answers, whether it's through Google or what I tell every entrepreneur, because entrepreneurs and, and like your self-care, you've got people who hire you as a coach to guide you through the journey of building a company and how you navigate that professionally and personally. But in addition to that, a piece that I recommend, and I recommended this to someone earlier today, finding someone in your industry who is a couple years or a couple steps 
ahead of you is huge. So when I started Earth Cup, because like I'd never been a sustainability consultant before, did that, had big partnerships, took meetings with McDonald's, first company of its kind in Canada, never had a pet food brand, did that, first company of its kind in Canada, hit a bunch of accolades and had huge partnership opportunities. And I know it, when I did Earth Cup, the food, the pet food brand, I didn't even know how to find barcodes. Like I, I had no clue, but that's irrelevant because I thought, okay, who does know? Boom, I'm going to find the person who knows. And I found someone who had a multi-million dollar company in the CPG consumer packaged goods space. And I said, Hey, can I hire you? You don't coach people, but I would love for you to be my coach. She said yes and helped me get the whole infrastructure set up. And that is, I think, for any entrepreneurs that are going into this for, for the first time. And also that's how you and I connected, Kara. That's the exact reason. Cause I said, hey, I know how to help people, but the infrastructure and container of building a su successful coaching business is new to me. So I like, let me hire you, please. And let's go off to the races. So I think it's a case of often getting in your own, out of your own way, not in your own way. We don't want that. And finding the people that have done it, hiring them, and taking action, like, you know, progress over perfection, take those steps. Cause I think it's, it's really easy to stand still in feeling scared about what you are doing or the idea of potentially failing and all of those negative thoughts that we, we all have as entrepreneurs at some point. Thank you both so much for sharing. And it's interesting to hear you share, because I think what I was referencing is so completely unconscious to both of you. It's so natural to both of you to be like, oh, if I like hit a wall, I'll just figure out something else. <laughs> or like, oh, I'm going to make a spreadsheet of every single person I've ever connected with on this topic. And I'm going to hit all of them up. No shame if people don't respond to me. I don't care if it doesn't work out. I'm going to like get my nose in the room of every single person who I feel like I can learn from or network with or leverage something that they have that I don't necessarily have. And I think you both did that in different ways. Grace, you did that like largely using your professional network to launch a full-fledged private practice without a website and without really even needing to like fully like launch. You had almost a full client roster very, very quickly because you had a very clear idea of how you were going to help people. You had the skills to back it up and you were willing to send a bunch of emails and see what happened. And I think a lot of people are like, oh my God, like what if people think I'm trying to sell them something? Or like, I don't know if I can like put myself out there in that way. And that's what I was kind of getting at. And I think you didn't mention it because it's just like, oh yeah, that's obviously what you do. But most people don't think that way. Yeah, yeah. And it and and I hear that. And I may, maybe it is helpful to you. You brought out a bunch of the different tactical things that went on here. I just keep and this is like I'm on a running tape doing this here, doing this with all of my clients. Like it really does all come back to the why. And Kara, I know you talk a ton about the mission is your business, and. I think that there can be a million and one different things that you can do or you feel like you should do to progress in a business. You go on LinkedIn for two seconds and it's like, oh my goodness, people, the whole internet has already figured out that I'm running a coaching business and I'm getting targeted ads for all the different services and things that I could be doing. But ultimately, I know my why, I feel it, I take radical responsibility for it. And then I look at the myriad ways that I can move forward. And I pick the things that I 
believe are going to make the biggest impact and that feel right to me, that feel enjoyable. Because if it feels like this is a struggle or I'm just doing this because I think that I should do it, aka you should have a website, you should be doing paid advertising, you should be insert X, Y, and Z. For me, it felt very natural and connected to my why and got the biggest impact to talk to the people that I already love within my world and be like, hey guys, I'm really hyped to share with you this new thing that I'm doing. And I would love to help you or anyone else. And it's the least salesy thing in the world because it's just true. So the spreadsheets, they serve the why. The networking, I hate the word. A lot of people don't. I With my clients, I pick a different word for networking because it has such a stigma. I like calling it a coffee campaign. That's just me. But all of those things, and again, building on my background in the tech world, like figuring out your MVP, your minimum viable product. What is the smallest amount of work that I can do that's going to create the biggest impact for my why? And then the sweet thing about being an entrepreneur is that you also get to be like, do I like this? You don't have anyone else telling you, you have to do it this way. So you get that added layer. Um, Mm -hmm. So yes, all of it ladders up to the why is my like my big like banner statement in everything. <laughs> so there are when I hear you say that there is kind of two directions I want to go and one is specific to Lucy's journey and one is specific to Grace's journey because I think that they both reflect really important ways in which people can come into the universe of okay like I have a mission. That's step number 1. If you don't have a mission wait until you have a mission, (laughs) like find find the mission because without a mission, I mean, like, what are we really doing? What are you selling with no mission? And, and wanting to empower people could be the mission, but I just want to say like, get more specific than that. But there are two very different ways that kind of you both came to your decision to hire a coach and with Grace, I want to talk a little bit about our origin story and your process. If you're open to that, I think it would be really valuable for people. And then with Lucy, I want to talk a little bit about your willingness to confront challenges that one person could perceive as like you could have called it a quote unquote failure, like that as an entrepreneur, you're like, no, this is actually a learning opportunity. And now I'm pivoting. Whereas other people are like, oh no, like everything is on fire and they run away. And you're like, no, what do I need to do to troubleshoot this? I'm going to fix this. And then your willingness to invest in the business without necessarily knowing when that ROI is going to come in and creating some safety around that. So I think, Grace, can we start with you? Absolutely. I love our- Tell tell the people how we met. Tell the people (laughs) how we met. (laughs) So for those of you who have completed The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, highly recommend. It's a 12-step creative discovery recovery program. One of the things that she has you do is go on an artist date, which is a solo date, just you, where you do something that brings you joy. So I decided to go to a So Far Sounds concert in Los Angeles. If you haven't heard of So Far Sounds, they're these intimate 
intimate concerts where they bring local talent together. And I got there super early and so did Kara and her friend. I was wearing a shirt that had a bunch of dogs on it and Kara noticed it. And we started talking about astrology. We started talking about all sorts of things and plopped ourselves down on a couch together and couldn't stop talking. <laughs> like, I mean, the music had to happen at some point. And then I will, I will never forget the, the moment when, so in my professional life, I had just completed, I was given a coach in a leadership development program. And, and I had just ended my time with this leadership development coach. And we landed on two things. One is you are a natural coach throughout all of our work. This is what you are drawn to. And two, the next step was let's let's get you some formal education and like get you to start doing some of this work. So I had just gotten accepted into the education program that day. And then I met Kara and I was like, this is something, this is the most exciting thing that's lighting me up right now. And you just turned to me and you were like, I'm also a coach. And like my brain exploded because I hadn't really met a ton of coaches. It was still kind of this abstract concept. And so from there, you welcomed me into your moon circles and I got to experience your community of wonderful friends and, and coaches. And then on my birthday, you gifted me a one-on-one. -on -one. And I, at that point, I was like, so committed to figuring out a way to do coaching within my current company because the it's it represented stability identity it had a lot packed into it and so we had what I would say was a pretty challenging but ultimately beautiful and illuminating session on my birthday where you called out very accurately that the reason I was feeling dissonance was because I was trying to shove a round peg into a square hole right? Like it was just not the right fit, but I didn't want to hear what I actually knew in my gut, which was girlfriend, it's time to go off on your own. My impression was that you left quite angry at me. And I, and I was, <laughs> and I, know. I was, I was like, I was pissed because you did what you do so well, which you, you called out because I came to you and I was like, I'm scared and I don't feel good about this path forward. And you were like, what I'm hearing is you're scared and you don't feel good about this path forward. And then I was like, fuck you. This is my path forward. <laughs> I just was like, I didn't know what to do. Cause again, leaping from corporate America to do my own thing was terrifying. And again, yeah. insert bud into, into Rose analogy. I knew it had to happen at that point, but I was like, no, I'm not ready to give up. And you just yeah. heard back to me what was going on. And I wasn't. And I, I just <laughs> want to say for people listening, saying the hard thing to your client is more in service to them than them leaving the session in a good mood. Yes. And I think people feel this like sense of obligation that their clients are supposed to leave the session in a good mood. And you don't have to agree with my perspective. You're the best authority on your own life. I'm not necessarily right, but I'm not going to not say what feels really important for you to hear because I want you to like me because then you're not going to get 
what you actually came to get, even if you're mad about it. Yes. I want to double underline, highlight that because I have revisited that coaching session in my head so many times and you did exactly what I needed at that point, which was to say, there's some serious dissonance going on here that, and I was like, I got to figure it out. Right. And then we didn't talk for six months. <laughs> and then we, and then we, and I was like, peace, I got to go be on my own journey. During that time, I wound up leaving my company to start my coaching business. But I realized, whoa, oxygen mask time. We got to, we got to, because kind of unplugging can be a head spinning process, which is, again, one of the reasons that I love supporting clients through their own conscious decisions to unplug from corporate America, if that's what serves them. And then when I was coming up for air, I still, even though it was clear as day, I want to build my own coaching practice. I want, I have, I got the receipts. They're in the journals. They're in the this, da, 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 da. I still was allowing myself to spin. I was like, well, maybe I go back to grad school. Maybe I do this. Maybe I do that. And so that's when we reconnected. I think you reached out to me first about the, the radical leaders. Oh my God. Yeah. I invited you into my mastermind. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I take it, want to take it from there. Yeah. Well, you, so do I have your consent to share yeah. my experience of, okay, of what transpired? It'll be interesting if I, if I perceived it differently and we can explore that. <laughs> Go ahead, see what happens. And thank you for being a good sport as we tell this narrative, Lucy. Yeah, We're going to get you. to you next. Yes. <laughs> it's all good. But I'm enjoying this. This is great. <laughs> Well, and I think, I think the reason I wanted to share this is it's so valuable to let people be angry if you share a truth that's hard to hear. And it's so valuable to, to preserve the integrity of the connection. Like, yes, I'm going to tell you what's true. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I'm going to be honest about the results. Cause I also, from the second I met Grace was like, you're so obsessed with this. You are going to be successful. And I saw that for her like whether or not it was because she learned from me or not, like I wanted her to know that to, to receive that mirror that felt as much an integrity to be like, you're going to be successful at this, but it's not going to be by trying to manipulate your current role into the business that you actually want to create. So when I invited you to the mastermind, I was just like, it's been six months. Like, you know, maybe I bet you're still thinking about it. Cause you're not going to stop thinking about it. And like, until you hit go, whether it's in my program or whatever, it's going to be there. Like I knew that that was true for you. So I sent you an invitation and usually I do invitations for RLC with people that I feel like would receive benefit from the program. And we had a conversation. And when we had the conversation, my perception was like, yeah, this would, this would really help you. You'd be a great fit. You'd enjoy it. it like a hundred percent. Yes. And a lot of fear about the financial investment yes. came up for you. And I remember you sending me a message, something along the lines of like, well, I just quit my job six months ago. And like, I don't know if I'm going to go back to grad school and I want to think about it even more. And I, we had gone back and forth to the point that I was like, I'm going to close this opportunity because now we're having sort of an extraneous conversation that isn't actually in service to you making a decision, but out of respect for you. 
I'm not going to let you lie to yourself when you say I've only been thinking about it for six months. I want to think about it for six more months. Like, I don't think that that's true because you've wanted the same thing for six months. So are you just going to think the same thing for the, another six months? Like, I'm just going to call you out on that. And like, best of luck. Love you lots. Talk to you later. A hundred percent accurate on my side as well. And I received that message because during our conversation, I was a hundred percent because I've been a hundred percent in the entire time. But fear is a motherfucker sometimes. It has other plans for you and likes to keep you locked, right? And so hearing you so clearly mirror back to me, again, the things that I've been saying since we met at that fateful So Far Sounds concert was really valuable. And I've done enough work at this point to understand that money is a symbol for something deeper, for safety. We just talked about this earlier but it is say it's safety it's commitment it's attack it's so all of these other things and so when I zoomed out from the dollar amount and I thought about the kind of life that I want to be living the kind of impact I want to have in the world the kind of hindsight when you look back on your life the way I want to be it was like this is a tiny drop and I also want to be clear too because people do come from different circumstances one of the benefits of being a type a sprint for the to sprint for the hills, you say jump, I say how high, is that I had plenty of savings. It wasn't about not having it. It was about the fear of mm -hmm. investing in myself, which was new, at least in this format. But it was necessary because I got the guidance. I got a community of badass coaches, which I, I entrepreneurship can feel kind of isolating at times, but I know I have so many people now that I can just hit up and they get it and we can work together. And that to me is really invaluable. When we talk about core human needs, the need for belonging and connection and community, I was getting that in addition to the support and making sure that the blockers that I consistently throw up for myself were being recognized. I trusted you at that point to say, eh, eh, you're doing the <laughs> you're doing the thing, I see you. And so amazing investment. And then you made your money back within a month. And then I made my money back within a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think this is like a perfect opportunity to, to transition to Lucy because two things I want to note is you made your money back within the month because like you were ready to go. Like you knew exactly what it was that you were selling and you were willing, like you really hit the ground running once you said yes. Yes. And the second thing is like, yes, you're right. It's not about the money. It's about safety. It's about commitment. It's about clarity of mission. It's about willingness to be all in. It's about so many other things, but whether you have the savings or you don't, for some people, like if it's going to futz with you to the point that you're not meeting your basic needs and it's going to put your nervous system into such a state of fight or flight that you're not going to be able to operate the business from a place of clarity, like, please don't buy coaching. Yep. Like you're not, you're not in a space to make the best use of it, but you don't need to have a bunch of money sitting in savings to start your business, which brings me to Lucy. And I think we, you hired me like two days after we met. Yeah. <laughs> so would you like to share a little bit about your process? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's funny because Adam, my partner that I live with, because I'm also Polly, we were having this conversation on how I make decisions this morning, because <laughs> I make decisions really quickly. I, I don't, I don't 
make decisions spontaneously, I would say. I typically like sit on them for 24-ish hours and then I know what I'm going to do. I also want to note, Grace, I love what you said around fear of being a motherfucker. It's funny because you said that and it's making me think about something that's outside of business that I'm currently dealing with in my personal life. And it's that was really helpful. So thank you. Um just the dating thing. Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. Talking about polyamory. But yeah, no, because I podcast episode. Yeah, that, that's another <laughs> polyamory. What do they have in common? A but, lot. A, a yeah. lot. That could, I think we we should probably like people listening don't have context. Like <laughs> that poly also. Yes. We'll have to do that. That'll be a conversation for another time. I reached out to you because I thought, wow, okay, I found this person on Instagram and she looks amazing with regards to the work that she's doing. She looks like she's doing really impactful, incredible work, definitely aligned with regards to the witchiness, the spiritual approach to business, and as well as this kind of strategic lens, if you will. And then I reached out to you and I said, hey, like, would you be interested in coming on this new podcast that is not yet launched? It's called Business, Money, and Magic. And I mean, the coaching world in this capacity is new to me. So I wasn't even certain if you would be interested and you were and it was a it was wonderful having you on the podcast and then we had a conversation afterwards and which basically turned into its own little coaching session and then I knew in that moment I was like okay I need to hire her and you also noted I remember in that call you said yeah this is you know I I offer one-on-one six-month coaching containers you told me your price and in my mind I thought okay cool I just need to figure out where that's going to come from I, I just need to figure it out. I know it'll come from somewhere. And then what I ended up doing for just full transparency for everyone listening, what I ended up doing is I took my line of credit for EarthPub, that business, because it ceased operations due to wild supply chain issues. And I, because that corporation is how I'm operating this new business coaching company for tax reasons. And so I took our existing line of credit and I was like, boom, done. I ran the numbers. It totally made sense. And that's how we started working together. And then it was when, so this past June, when you invited me to start offering one-on-one coaching, because in my brain, I was just getting ready for my group program that I'm launching in the fall, Magical Business Launchpad. So it is a launchpad for new businesses. And you invited me to do the 10K in 10 days challenge. And I remember the time it was right before my birthday. And I thought, okay, am I ready for this? All right. And then I said, yes. And I made up my, I don't even remember what my goal was. I think it was 5k. And then I, was it five? Yeah. Thank you. And then I, and then I hit 10 in just before my birthday, which was fantastic. And so I hit, so, you know, 10, 10k client in June, signed another 10k client last month in July. And I'm already selling seats for the program that's launching in the fall. I think I actually confirmed one today, one hour before this call. So, so that was a 2k seat, which is very exciting and yeah. And I, and I wasn't planning, I I don't think I would have set out to do that on my own, which is of course why I, you know, I hired you, you invited me and encouraged me and supported me through that process while I was navigating, you know, people not signing the contract right away. Cause these are all things that we're all going to be dealing with. And I'm very comfortable navigating problem solving in business. Like that's totally I mean, 
I got really comfortable doing that with EarthPub when every single thing was going wrong with regards to building a supply chain, like the manufacturer stopped answering us and we have a, a whole bunch of dog treats that don't exist apparently. And it like, and you just need to figure it out. So I'm super comfortable with that. But navigating that through a coaching lens was of course new to me. So it was really insightful to get your feedback, guidance and tips with regards to, okay, how am I going to navigate a client doing X or this is something that they're struggling with. What's the best way that I can support them in a way that's in integrity to them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so that was really helpful. Yeah. I mean, I made my money back, which is why you invest in yourself. And then I also want to touch on what you noted around, you know, investing, continuing to invest in your business when the ROI is not yet evident. So I'll be perfectly transparent. I still have my, my nine to five bridge job, which I do in a part-time capacity and I have exceeded my capacity to bridge both of these things at the same time. And I've also really realized in the past week how different this is compared to, because I've worked full-time while building businesses my entire career thus far in entrepreneurship. I'm comfortable with it. I know what I need to do. I know the ways to organize things, the ways to manage it. I, know, I don't necessarily recommend it. I've burned out a couple of times through that. I don't have it down to a science, but I've done it before. So I'm comfortable in that space. But what I've really realized through this journey with this coaching business is how much more important it is for me to just protect my own well-being. I mean, that is the case for any entrepreneur, but because the service that I'm providing, it's me holding space for a client and guiding them through a process. It's not this, I can't, you know, it's not 11 PM me packing dog treats with music in my ears and I'm exhausted on my third coffee, but I'm getting the job done. I can't do that in coaching at all. I would, that would be a complete disservice to the client and not fair to them. And so I've really realized that not that I've been on any calls like that, but I could see, I was looking down the barrel end of the, of the next couple of months. And I thought I could see that eventually happening where I'm exhausted and I'm not being fully present for the people that I'm serving, which is not fair to them. And that's how, you know, you and I were talking about this a couple of months, not months, days ago, what <laughs> on Tuesday, I don't even know what, yeah, it's Thursday (laughs) and where I came to the decision of, all right, I, I've got a substantial amount in my sales pipeline currently, which I'm feeling very confident about. I've got two one-on-one clients currently and, and, you know, the money is moneying, but it's not, there's not enough in the bank currently to support a full-time salary for myself, which is where I came to the decision of, okay. I'm going to get a short-term loan to bridge so that I can comfortably and confidently ease out of my nine to five, knowing that I have a safety net so that I'm not going on to sales calls going like, I need this money yesterday, pay me. And I don't even care if you really need my help, but you're going to sign this contract and like, cause I have bills to pay. No. So that is where I decided to, and you and I discussed this care is get a short-term loan And that is something also like, I'm also really comfortable with personally, because there is a debt play in so many other business models. I know a very successful restaurant franchise that's scaling in Toronto. They do very well financially, but it's it's super capital intensive as a business model. If you want to start a food business, you need tons of money to do it. And they, that particular company, they're doing a debt play. The entire thing is on debt. They're not diluting their equity with any investors, certainly not any VCs, which is not super, that's not very popular for smaller scale restaurant anyway. 
And that's where it made me think, okay, like I invested tens of thousands of dollars into starting Earth Pub. That I have to do that. I have to do that for an Earth Pub being the dog tree company. I have to spend that money to research and develop how a recipe will work in a manufacturer. I have to do that for packaging. Like there's no other way even if I bootstrap it as much as possible, which I did. Why wouldn't I do that in this business? If I've got a healthy pipe sales pipeline and I know, okay, if I take a short-term loan, which gives me the capacity to best show up for the clients that I can serve, it gives me more room to serve more clients and it allows me to continue to build a brand the way that I want to. So that I'm not just doing the bare minimum to grow this. And this is something you and I were talking about on the phone it provides me the opportunity to have space to be guests on other podcasts, build out affiliate programs, build out partnerships, do like create the web, if you will, with all the little strings that go into building a sustainable, recognizable brand that will work at, at scale. It gives me the room to be able to do that. So I'm not just tunnel vision with my couple hours a week going, okay, I can serve two clients. And I'm going to build this program and I'm just going to focus on building the content and posting a couple of times a day. And that's it. No. So that's, that's how we came to that or how I came to that conclusion. Anyways, why wouldn't I do that? And let's say none of that worked and I knew I made no money and the whole thing fell apart. What would I do? I would just go get a job. Like it's, <laughs> it's totally figure outable. It's not like I'm taking a, a half a million dollars of the personal guarantee. I'm just getting enough runway to support myself financially for 12 months in addition to the cost of having four contractors, which I hired in a relatively small way and some paid advertising. I mean, the worst thing that could happen is that none of that works. And I learned a ton from it and I go get a job again. Great. Lucy, I need you to make a program that's just called it's figure outable. I love this. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> for, I totally you know, for real though, because it, it's you've you've brought up so many things. I mean, one like just the personal confidence, and you're just very pragmatic. I would get another job. Like it, there's no drama around it, and then also the asking for help piece being part of it, being figure outable. You're not an island. There's so much there. Anyway, sidebar. I appreciate that. I think maybe Model it up. maybe that'll happen. I need I might need a different title though because I think it's all figure outable is actually the name of a book by Marie Forleo. Right. <laughs> That's the only challenge, but <laughs> but but who knows? Maybe we'll have to collab on something like that. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I just want to express my gratitude. Like this is this is why I invited you on. I think it's so important for people to hear the level of transparency with which you both shared your individual processes. I know is going to speak to so many people. And I think the way that the majority of people come into this work is I need to make 10K in sales and then I'll spend 5K on a business coach. And it's like, you are playing against yourself because you are trying to put the pieces of a puzzle together, but the pieces are in a room that like, yes, you do have to pay to be in the room, but you also have to get a, a medical degree if you want to be a doctor. You have to get an LCSW if you want to be a social worker. You have to get a degree, like you have to get a certification in how to use Adobe if you want to start your own graphic design company. It's like, Yes, you do have to pay. You have to spend money to make money, but it, it's like not this dramatic, like, oh my God. And I also want to say for people who are selling coaching that is not business coaching or career coaching, because I think for all three of our businesses, there is a direct correlation between like very clear 
results that we can promise our clients that when I coach people who are selling things like health coaching or empowerment coaching or dating coaching, there's more complexity and nuance in making a larger investment where the result that you're getting does not directly relate to, I got a raise or now my business made more money. So like all three of us can kind of come to the work saying like, you're going to make your money back. But the results that we also provide are invaluable in all in all coaching, like actually feeling safe to leave a relationship that you've been unhappy in for five years, or not having imposter syndrome show up in your work environment, or having finally a healthy relationship with food, like all of these things are really invaluable results. And I think that there's a little bit more nuance in the sales structure for people who are selling those kinds of results. So I want to name that so that this is like more applicable to a broader audience. But what I really want people to hear was whether it's from savings or whether it's from taking out a loan, which also comes from a place of privilege. Some people are historically, people are prejudiced against them when they take out loans or they get higher interest rates on their loans or they have less access to generational wealth. And so they're going to be rejected from loans. So like, that's not even an option for some people as well. I just want to name that. I think that's important. Or there's a difference between like, I'm going to put it on a line of credit that has a low interest rate because I historically have good credit versus somebody who does not have good credit because they've been having to fund their life via credit. Like there's so much nuance in the conversation that we're having around the access that people have to resources that can't go unsaid. And you want to build a business, like you want to build something that doesn't exist, but you only want to do it if you can spend $400 a month to buy a certification on it. And then somehow suddenly in six months, you make 200K, like that's not a real thing that doesn't happen. (laughs) Stop selling that on the internet. It doesn't happen. No, it's, it's, it's not. I sometimes joke that I don't know how many people watch the John Wick movie franchises. I, I think that it's, it, they're amazing. It's a blood ballet. But in the late, latest one, he literally throws himself out of a fifth floor window and lands on a car and like limps away. And like, you got to do, sometimes you got to do something extreme. It's not going to be like this beautiful path the whole time. And so I turned to my partner and I was like, yeah, that was me leaving, leaving my job. <laughs> so it's not, you know, sometimes you have to make decisions and sometimes they feel really practical and then emotions spike up around them. It is what it is. It's part of, again, that trust and then getting back to the thing that we want to bottle up. It is figure outable from there and there is help available. And yes. And, and I think it's important to say, because like, I, I actually think it's helpful for when I'm working with people to have them go all the way into the worst case scenario. The worst case scenario is not you falling on a car out of a fifth floor window. It's maybe you paying several thousand dollars in credit card debt and like your credit score is like less good. Less good. People are like, I'm going to be destitute. Like I'm going to be completely incapable of meeting my basic needs. I'm going to be an embarrassed failure who can't look myself in the mirror. And it's like, If that is what you think is going to happen, you probably don't want to be an entrepreneur. Yeah. Yeah. And I would add to in the, in the realm of part of figure outable is getting the proper help that you need. If your inner monologue is so persistently negative, this is where I love to refer people out to coaching. I've coached to therapy also as a supplement to coaching, because sometimes there are there are more difficult problems at play that need a specialized kind of support and the two can go together really, really well. 
when I said fear is a motherfucker, it doesn't mean that it's an immovable object. There is help out there for that as well. And I really believe that if if you are feeling flooded with fear, that's not a, we cannot go down this path, but it is worth investigating and getting a little bit deeper into where is that coming from? And is there a way to reduce that so that I can march confidently forward towards something that's really meaningful for me? And I'd love to add to that because it's, I feel like also when you have the fear, if it's the fear of doing something for the first time, let's say you're, new, you're a new entrepreneur, you're going to do something brand new, you've never done it before, perhaps it is in an industry that you've never been in before, let's say you want to start, start a tech brand. It's also, I find really comforting to hear the stories of other entrepreneurs, like not the shiny, I am making 4 million in revenue this fiscal, like hear the story of how entrepreneurs fucked up, how they got to where they are. Actually, how I built this with Guy Raz, that podcast is fantastic because it, it really gives you an inside look at what it took to build some of these brands. And they're very different. And I think it's, I think it, you know, I love Grace's tip around seeking out potential therapy if that's what's going to be of service to you. Because I think it is valuable to work on how you are navigating the feeling of fear coming up early on. Because navigating that in addition to imposter syndrome or like the fear of failure, the fear of if I hit, like I have a friend right now, she's about to do a million in revenue in her business. She's afraid of being able to handle, like, is she going to responsibly handle that much revenue? Is she going to be able to hire and manage a team at that scale? Like that's going, that feeling is going to keep coming up in different ways. And it, I'm sure it will for me as well. Like it will for all of us. And I think it is important to look at, okay, how do I navigate this feeling when it comes up for me, depending on what that feeling of fear is related to? Hypothetically, if that was related to, oh, so let's say this friend of mine, and she's fearful of navigating that scale of growth for her, it would probably be wildly helpful for her to connect with someone who can be an advisor or mentor for her who has been at that level in their business in a similar business model. She is a coaching business. She's looking to build out other revenue streams with tech in addition to products. It would probably be wildly valuable for her to connect with someone who has had a similar business model, who has explored similar revenue streams so that she can learn from them and know that she's got in her back pocket, someone who has been there, who's done it, who can lend their expertise, their blueprint, if you will. Of course, it's going to be a bit different for everyone. And that's something that she can put in place as she's getting to that level. So she's not going in necessarily blindly. Now that's one very specific example, but I'm just talking around the, not, the overall, overall navigating fear in entrepreneurship and looking at, okay, what can I continue to do to alleviate that fear, set up, support systems, people that I can lean on, because it's true. Like we're noting, it's a wildly lonely journey when you are not in community. And it doesn't even need to be hiring an advisor, honestly. Like hypothetically, if it was a consumer packaged goods business, there's an amazing Slack community called Startup CPG. If I was navigating fear in, like if, if, I, if I was navigating fear in putting debt into building a CPG brand, because that's going to be probably, I don't know, a hundred grand minimum, I would honestly go into that Slack community and I would poll and I would say, hey, I'm a new entrepreneur. I'm thinking of getting into this. I would love to look to other founders who are a year ahead in their journey because I'm feeling fearful about jumping in. Is anyone available for a virtual coffee? And building up that community for yourself and, and looking at other people who've navigated similar things helps so, so, so much. 
Mm. Yeah. And something I said at our retreat, Grace, when you came for the RLC retreat is what got you here won't get you there. Like what got you your first 10K in sales is not going to get you to 100K. What got you to 100K is not going to get you to 250K. The entire reason I launched this podcast was in an effort or not even in an effort, in an initiative to double my revenue this year without raising my one-on-one rates. And so I built out an entirely different product suite. And it's like, every time you want to scale, you have to reevaluate and do the business model differently. And it looks that way, no matter whether it's your first sale or you're scaling to eight figures, every time you have to deconstruct and reconstruct. And so having mentorship in that, I mean, there, there's just no way of getting around it. Like you don't know what you don't know. So I'm just really, really grateful that both of you came on. Um, anyway, tell the people where they can find out more about you and your work. So you can find me on Instagram and TikTok and now Facebook at the Lucy Cullen spelled L-U-C-Y. C-U-L-L-E-N, like in Twilight for all you millennials who think my name is fake. And so the Lucy Cullen and also at lucycullen.co. I offer one-on-one coaching as well as have a group group program launching in the fall, the Magical Business Launchpad. So feel free to reach out, DM me, um, schedule a discovery call. I would love to connect. Awesome. And again, my name is Grace Vigent. That's spelled V-I-G-E-A-N-T. Grace is like Grace, the word. Uh, if you Google that name, I will come up because it's me and an obituary. So you know I'm the alive one. More specifically, the URL is uh, bio.site slash Grace Vigent. Want to give a shout out to my former employer, Squarespace. I run my whole business on their stack and that's part of it. You will see links there to learn more about what it's like to work with me, a lot of client testimonials, and a link to book a complimentary session so we can figure out the best fit for you, whether that is a one-on-one, or I too am very excited to be launching a group, the Career Change Collective in the fall, and um, many other ways to work together and get you to where you need to be in your career. So I will put all of those links in the show notes so you can head there if you want to find both of our lovely podcast guests. And I want to thank you both again for just sharing that vulnerable, like inside scoop that I think so many people needed to hear. And for those of you listening, I'm opening the door. Radical Leaders Collective, the program that Grace joined is launching again. And I cap it at six people. So when it's full, it's full. I likely will not be necessarily launching it publicly. I'm being sending out some invites, but if you're interested in being in that room, send me a DM and we can chat. I love you guys and I'll see you next week. 